I am with Andrea. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Sasha, for inviting me today. And how are you doing? How is your new year going so far? Um, you know, we have, have seen lots of things going on uh, right now in Scotland, for instance. Um, for Women Scotland is trying to, is fighting in the courts uh, for the definition of women, of mm -hmm. what a woman is, you know. Uh, I was reading some tweets and they were saying that it has been discussed that the current definition of women is including people born male who identify as women and excluding people born female who are identifying as men, which is bonkers mm -hmm. because um, the females who identify as men, um, you know, uh, you probably know that by now on Twitter, I am uh, charting female oppression on a huge thread. So I'm on, on day 216 currently because I was like doing 10 new issues or 10 new links uh, at least per day. So I'm like, um, they, I'm, I'm tending to finish that thread at least in like um, 10 issues per day for a whole year, wow. you know? <laughs> so um, I was seeing on Twitter that they are, they are uh, talking about, um, oh yes, one of the, the, the issues I have already on the thread is that apparently females who identify as males, as men, uh, are, are already experiencing 30% of, 30% of them are experiencing unwanted pregnancies. Mm. Wow. So it's bonkers. Right, know. right. So that really gets us right into it. Yeah, that gets us right to the heart of the issue, doesn't it? The the issue of female oppression, as you just said, and um, the idea that you know we can't escape our biology. So you have a book, The Grumpy Guide to Radical Feminism. Um, it's wonderful. I read it, and it's really it's it's quite different from other things I've read. Radical feminist pieces where they're really depressing, you know. Yours is really, it's fun, it's funny. And it's, you call it like a, a collection of rants, I think. So how did you, um, it's not your first book, but I think it's your first book about feminism, right? How did you um, decide yeah. to write that book? Um, it was basically, um, I think we have to go back a little bit on like my, my life background. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was born in Brazil and uh, basically, if we go back in history, um, I have always been like a, a skinny person. So I, have, I was bullied a lot mm. at school. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, uh, one of my best friends, who is a, a gay guy, who is still my best friend, I know him for 35 years, okay? He used to call me, he nicknamed me in school uh, if I recall correctly, um, elephant's cotton bud. And that means? Because I was very skinny. Okay, wait, the elephant's what? 
Elephants caught on bud. Caught on bud. What does that mean? Cotton bud. Cotton bud. That thing that you. Oh, like a Q-tip. Yeah, we Americans call them Q-tips. Yeah. Okay, I get you. <laughs> so sorry. It's because um, I lived 10 years in the UK where my yeah. kids were born. Okay. And so uh, uh, basically my English is going to be like more nappies, less <laughs> nappings. Gotcha. You know. Yeah. It's because I was very skinny. Um, so I was bullied a lot. Uh, nobody wanted to be, to be my friend, basically. <laughs> so um, I decided to be someone people wanted to be around, okay? Uh, but I didn't have many, many things to go on on that, one, making people want to be around me, you know? I was from a poorer background, so um, in a school where most of, most of the kids were middle class, nobody wanted to be around the poor person. Um, I was skinny, I was considered ugly, so I, I decided at some point to develop like a fun personality, okay, I wanted to be the funny person, I want to be the person everyone wants to be around, um, but I, 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 I'm, like, I'm not actually a comedian, you know, um, what I do is I, I, I make remarks that are highly ironic and then that makes people laugh. So the idea for this book, and also I, I lived in, in the UK and then I, I learned about stand-up comedy. I was actually trying to, um, to study, to go into courses, to prepare myself to be a stand-up com comedian, but um, basically, um, I hate the camera and okay. the camera hates me. <laughs> so, Not um, at all. <laughs> but you know, that's my background, you know, but you know, um, I no, don't normally even like write jokes or anything. I just like see something and I go like, I can't help myself, but talk about it like, yeah, right. You know, and say something that people regard as very funny. Um, so um, last year, on the 1st of January, 2020, I was just like laying down in bed and uh, someone on Twitter called me, DM me and said like, right, I, I saw you talking about quitting smoking uh, in a few tweets. So I was wondering if you had some tips and they said, well, I had a lot of tips because I had quit smoking uh, in 2007. In 2007, I quit smoking, mm -hmm. uh, having children. So I was just in bed uh, talking to this person, uh, some tips to quit smoking that worked for me in 2007. And I was just waiting for the cafes to open so I could go out and buy cigarettes for myself. But we talked for such a long time, you know, and I was like uh, joking with her, you know, can try these, but, you know, had these side effects and she was laughing and we were like having a good time. That I decided to be her quit bud. Mm -hmm. okay. um, sorry, quit buddy. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I decided to start 
trying to quit smoking. And of course, it, it actually worked. You know, I quit smoking. Um, but I was very, 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 very angry, very <laughs> grumpy about it. Mm -hmm. So I started like making these jokes on Twitter, you know, and people were like, well, really, they really seem to be enjoying the jokes. You know, I, I said at one point that I saw a tree where there were lots of, of uh, cigarette butts around the tree on the ground, you know, and then I thought to myself at the time, um, do you know when it's snowing and the ground is covered in snow and you lay down snow and you make a snow angel? I wanted to do that on the cigarette butts, for real. <laughs> so I wrote this kind of jokes, you know, uh, put on Twitter, people, people enjoying it. And then I came up with the idea of like collecting all these jokes and then like I elaborated it a little bit more. And then I self-published the Grumpy Guide to Quit Smoking. Right. So people were, like, were enjoying the book. Uh, they said it was very funny. Um, some said that was actually helping them with coping uh, with like cigarette withdrawal, etc. So uh, from that moment, I started joking around misconceptions about feminism, uh, women, men haters, men hunters, etc. Uh, but I was just joking around, you mm -hmm. know, making jokes on Twitter, experimenting here, there, and then some have said. This would go nicely on a grumpy guide as well. Yes. So, and some of them like challenged me. So I said, well, challenge accepted. Cool. So <laughs> I went there, I, I started um, researching a bit more and then it came, I came up with like <clears throat> what I think was the main points of the feminist theory but in rent style, you know. Yeah. Um, and then um, I now republished the book like as a second edition mm -hmm. because I added a lot more um, quotes mm -hmm. from radical feminists. Um, not only that, I, I added some quotes from women who are not actually, you know, uh, radical feminist theorists. Like I have a quote from J.K. Rowling in the book. Yeah. I have a quote from Magdalene Burns. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so uh, basically, the whole work uh, ended up being like this. Uh, real talking points of the feminist theory with quotations, with quotes from feminist, uh, radical feminists, but the funniest ones. Mm -hmm. Some of the quotes that's fun as well to go with each chapter with uh, um, to support the talking points of the, the feminist theory as well. Yeah, yeah, I liked all the quotes because it was a good way also to learn about where you could go to read more if you wanted to like really delve into all those other authors. So it's a really nice collection of of radical feminists quotes and you know bits and pieces um have you gotten any backlash from you know whether it's trans um, activists or or misogynists 
Well, the very first Amazon review that I got, it's quite a funny one because the person, uh, the man who wrote that review, he gave me like four stars because he said he liked the book. But he says uh, that he found it very weird that a book about feminist theory was focused about uh, women who were born female, which is the whole point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one would think. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so he had a problem with that. And um, of course, you know, and you wrote about it in the book, the whole topic of gender and gender identity and stuff like that. Um, have you had like a decently okay experience on Twitter? Have you, I hope you haven't been like attacked by these people too much. Um, I have been suspended from Twitter mm. a few times, not, in, not even for the book, you know, it started in August, 2019, because that's when I actually started my uh, my pinned thread, sorry, my pinned, because I, I was trying to say pinned tweet, mm. and then I mixed up with threads. Yeah. So my pinned thread. Yeah. Oh, you know, my pinned tweet is my my thread of male issues. Mm -hmm. Issues and um, when because what happened was um, we got Bolsonaro in Brazil. I was more like a Facebook person at that point not in 2019, maybe 2017 mm -hmm. um, or 18, basically 18. 2018, um, we were, well, I was already living abroad, not living in Brazil. I left Brazil in 2004. Um, then Bolsonaro became our president and I was like, uh, yeah, this guy is the worst, you know, I hate him. Um, and so there was so many, people that were my friends, uh, at least people, you know, we were friends on Facebook and they were like, oh, Bolsonaro is gonna fix the country. And like he's trashed everything. I was so disheartened. And I kept seeing things on Facebook that people brought from Twitter that I could quite not believe. Like, for instance, let's get to the heart of it, maybe a bit graphic, sure. but I kept seeing a lot about um, males who ID as women going to women's toilets and um, rummaging uh, toilet beans huh. to get um, tampons and menstrual pads, the used ones, to wear themselves. And it was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't believe that this is happening. No, it's, it's not possible. And I always thought of Twitter as a cesspit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then from there, but at least someone asked me, so have you thought, um, what if, did, did someone tell you that Twitter was bad? And then um, you went there and you find it bad or you didn't find it actually so bad. And I said to him, well, I was told Twitter was a cesspit and I confirmed it. That's it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. 
Um, so I was, what I was going to say is that I, I kept seeing these things. I couldn't believe not only that was happening, but also that people were denying biological sex, um, that people were denying that uh, women are oppressed at all. People were saying to me that uh, white women are not oppressed. Um, Western women are not oppressed. And they kept like coming back to them, like, okay, white women are not oppressed. Okay, how to explain Madonna being beaten up? White woman, right? Yeah. Um, so women in the Western are not oppressed. Okay, how to explain Brazil? Because Brazil is not, you know, Brazil is Western. Yeah. Brazil is a West, it's part of the Western society. Mm -hmm. Okay, and we are oppressed, you know, right. even I, you know, people turn to me and say, you're white, you're not oppressed. And I'm like, well, how come I almost died from a miscarriage in 2011 because I was denied medical assistance, you know? Um, so I kept seeing that. And also, uh, when I was trying to have this conversation on Twitter, a wonderful woman got in touch with me, just like in comments, not by DM or anything like that, in comments. She's called Hebo Wader. I don't know if you know her. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, she was like, okay, I am a, an FGM survivor. She started telling her story to us, and I was really, 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 really moved because. I have heard of FGM before, but I really, really thought, I think I was told by the media that it didn't happen that much anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's a total lie. Yeah. You know, not only in the whole of the African continent, okay, most countries do it, but also most countries that do it you have like 90, 95, 98% of females in that country mutilated. It's like affect 800 females per day, mm. 200 million women and girls affected throughout the whole world. And it happens in the US and it happens in the United Kingdom and it happens in France, you know? Yeah. So, I was so moved by Hebel's story that we like started following each other. And then I promised her that I was going to always retweet her tweets to try to raise awareness. I told her, look, I have like 50 followers here. Okay. But I help you the way I can. Okay. I'm just a drop in the ocean, but I am a part of that ocean. I'll help you. So I started doing that. You know, and then I got in contact with other activists. There is uh, Nonsebo from, I think it's Somalia. No, I, I forgot. Uh, there's Nonsebo the, doing her campaign against period stigma. Mm. And then 50 Cents doing her campaign uh, against menopause stigma. So I, I started to try to help as many women as I could. And then I kept seeing more issues. And then um, people were like, women are not oppressed. Women are not oppressed in the, the Western anymore. 
Why? Oh, because they can vote and wear trousers. Right? Yeah. So um, what I did at some point, I start like I made I made a list that was like a, a really tiny thread with like maybe three tweets. And then I would be saying like, you know, sexy selective abortions, FGM, obstetric violence, you know, a small list. And people still would be like, uh, that's nothing. You know, the worst thing is uh, to get misgendered. <laughs> so, um, so I, I, I would like, you know, I started collecting and in the first day of like 6th of August, 2019, I put them all, big thread, 15 leagues, 50, like five zero. And ranged from like, you know, period hurts, sex selective abortions, uh, breastfeeding stigma, miscarriages, abortion, you know, uh, child marriage, everything you can imagine, you know, even uh, bodybuilders buying uh, breast milk mm. in the legal market uh, or making their female partners um, pump breast milk for adults to drink. Wow, I've never heard of that. <laughs> That's weird. Um, it's all in the, in the thread. Uh, or imagine Sasha, you have to go to hospital for a knee surgery or maybe you know have a like a joint on an elbow okay and you need to get to go under um general anesthesia mm -hmm. right so you are mm -hmm. unconscious in the hospital so while maybe before your surgery maybe after your surgery you, you are unconscious on a hospital setting um that come um, a medical teacher, you know, a doctor who is teaching like medical students, 15 of them. And then they go like, right, so this patient here, Sasha, uh, we are going to perform a pelvic exam on her without her consent. Hmm. And this is happening? Great, isn't it? Ugh, oh, this is happening in the West. Yeah. This is happening in the United States. This is happening uh, in the United Kingdom. You know, so uh, I started like I had this, all these links and then people start giving me more input. And now uh, we have like, you know, thousands um, of links mm -hmm. that I intend to make it like in a, in a big document that I'm going to call not an identity. Nice. Male oppression for how the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing that I sometimes hear from people is like that they don't have the words to explain these ideas or they don't have the words to, you know, refute these crazy ideas. Like it's worse to be misgendered than FGM or something like that. Um, and that's something, you know, from your thread, it's like this incredible resource. So if you need sources, if you need, uh, arguments and proof you can go to Andrea's thread as well as the book because the book provides a lot of that as well I think like I would recommend the book to people who 
you know, are young and come to me and they're like, I need to be able to argue this with my, with people I know. And I am looking for the right words, basically. Um, it also, um, the book is for like, you know, it's to give a laugh to any um, radical feminist, you know, because I talk about a lot of people we can find in real life on, on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, so to give them a laugh, for young women um, trying to navigate this yeah. debate, for, for them to have some, some arguments, um, to like, you know, dismantle the idea that women are not oppressed, because people are saying that this is victimism, you know, it's not victimism, uh, it's, it's a material reality, you know, because what people fail to understand, people need uh, feminist theory, but as well, but also like a, a more, a deeper knowledge of history, he, women's history, especially women's history, because when you look into history, uh, and especially when history started to be written, actually written, when we had language, written language, etc., it was the men's history. You know, you take the case of Hipatia, uh, um, the Greek philosopher, mathematician, right? Um, she has been erased. You don't, don't, you don't learn about her life, her work. Her work is not in any school books whatsoever. Even though her studies are basically like foundations for all the studies that came after, you know, she was literally erased. What we are experiencing now is also a female erasion of gigantic proportions, okay? Because when you were, people are actually saying that the female anatomy doesn't exist at all, okay? So you don't exist, I don't exist. We are ghosts here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, and it's this great reversal, isn't it? Because these are the same people crying that they are being erased when the reality of biological sex is pointed out. So, you know, you're, you're pointing that out, that there's this reversal happening. They're framing it as sort of the opposite of what it really is. Yes, uh, it's uh, basically, um, people are saying to, to us, well, it's, you know, basically gaslighting. Mm -hmm. you know, women yeah. are being gaslighted, okay? The whole cisgender women, transgender women, okay, is trying to make a case in which there are women, cisgender women, who are born with the female anatomy. And there are women, transgender women, who are born with the male anatomy. That erases the reality of being born in a female body because the whole reality of what happened is that um, in prehistory, okay, if we take like 200,000 years of human existence, Homo sapiens sapiens, 
mm -hmm. right? You basically have 185 years of uh, matrilinear societies, and then you have maybe 15,000 years of patriarchy. Okay, so in all the time where human beings lived in, in not matriarchies, but like matrilinear uh, societies, um, what, what happened was women always know, women always know uh, they bear children because the children grow out of us, you know, we see them coming out. <laughs> so there's no way. <laughs> There is no way we don't know that we have had a child, right? But men could not know. There was no DNA testing, you know. Um, upon my, my studies, what came up is also that private property came before patriarchy. That would explain, okay? Um, how men thought, okay, I want to be part of like the, the inheritance, this kind of stuff. Uh, because why, why do I say that private property came before patriarchy? Well, because apparently research says that women create agriculture. In those 185,000 years of human history, women dominated the fire, create agriculture, create the needle, uh, architecture, uh, pottery, tools. We created everything. Oh, women did not create everything. It was men. Like you were out hunting <laughs> together with some, some women. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were the ones behind with the kids, you know, with a kid in a breast and collecting roots and stuff. We, we were cooking, you know, you would spend like three months during autumn uh, hunting and it would come empty and ended. And then we were like crying, oh, didn't find any food. Uh, no cry, have a potato. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And yeah, I mean, so you women you can't identify into that. Yeah. Um, so women uh, create agriculture. And so when you create agriculture, you, there's no point of you, you know, sowing the soil, like, you know, put your the seeds on the soil and then moving to another area. Mm. You know, you have to stay there. So that created private property, you know, because you, you grow a crop and then you're gonna stay by it mm -hmm. to collect it, to harvest the crop, right? And then private property, nice, fine. But since women knew who their children were, the inheritance always went to the woman's children, not the men's. But the men's were not destitute, you know, but they had to be attached to a woman. To be part of that, but they were not like, oh uh, no, enslaved or anything like that. Just like you know, they are just crybabies. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, go on. 
So um, all of that to explain how, because that's what the theory, the feminist theory tried to explain. You know, they go back thousands of years in history, in human history, uh, to explain that patriarchy had a start. And so everything that had a start can have an end. Hmm. That's the main message. Yeah, it's a message of you hope, know. really. Yeah, you know, and as I say in the book, the grumpy guide to, to radical feminism, we don't hate men, you know. Uh, I have a quote, uh, if I'm not mistaken, from, from Gail Dines, mm -hmm. and she says, um, we don't want to have like, you know, the, the, the scraps um, of a cake that men has, you know. We want to take the, you know, throw the, 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 the cake in men's face. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, actually, Gail Dines, she has um, a video uh, from years ago, and she says, right, it's not that we hate men and we don't want to exterminate men. No, it's nothing like that. We are just sad that men, many men, hate women. Right. We are really mad at that, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and then men um, also feed each other with women hatred, misogyny, you know? Because that's one of the ways men actually concocted uh, they created this this way of dominating women. Um, I was trying to explain this to a man the other day. Um, it was a bit like this. I'm not comparing women with Jewish people, okay? Um, but when you talk about like uh, Nazi Germany, what do they do with the Jewish people? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you're good. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. Um, when you when when you read through through history and all that happened to to Jewish people in Nazi Germany, they started like trying to exterminate Jewish people, like by shooting them one at a time, several at a time, and then they came up with like a mass right. system, mass you know genocide. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's something, some many, many, many historians, many um, uh, studies have shown that um, women's oppression was like the, the, the lesson that men, like they, they practiced dominating a group of people with women, mm. you know? And so some of these ways or the tools they were using to dominate women were uh, by through physical force, basically, even though prehistorically women, researchers have found, were like stronger than elite athletes today, but men, you know, remain physically stronger. As I say in the book as well, saying that women are weaker then men is not the same as saying that women are weak. Right. You know, it's not the same thing. It's just material reality again. 
you know. So they dominated by force, but like it's not enough. It's too many women, you know. We're going to dominate all women. It's going to be tiring for you because men are lazy. Sorry, I'm just ranting. <laughs> <laughs> so they created um, systems, uh, ideological systems. One is socialization. You start from young. You teach women, teach girls, uh, what their place in society is. That's when gender roles were created. You know, you create little girls to believe that they cannot be world leaders. They cannot be in certain professions. They cannot behave or talk or go to certain places. You know, they cannot do this, they cannot do that. You mold them, okay, to try to curb rebellion. Mm, yeah. Um, and then they had like, you know, they create lots of institutes. The whole patriarchy uh, in itself, it's like an uh, artificial kind of system. It's not natural because the status that women have uh, in prehistory, okay, was a natural like dominant, but it's not dominant uh, because they were not dominating men. They were not destituting men of anything. They were not like enslaving men, you know. But women um, in prehistory, they had these statues, the social statues, because they could bear children, right? So like, ah, the creator of life and all this kind of stuff, a little bit of religion in there. Um, but men kind of like wore envy that women could um, bear children because that ability to bearing children would give them uh, heirs to inherit the land. Um, so they create monogamy, you know, because monogamy is the only way, was the only way in ancient times to ensure your kids are yours. Otherwise, they're going to be, you know, the son of the baker, the son of the, you know, <laughs> the tailor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. The joke we have Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's so important to talk about these historical factors. And um, especially, I think a lot of the conversation now around feminism and the gender wars, it, it really forgets a lot of that history. And um, something that, and you know, young people discussing this now, they don't necessarily know that history. Something that I've been, that I've started asking some of my guests is, do you have any advice perhaps for really young women who maybe even in their teens, kids who are just starting to be aware of all these issues, these problems, um, they're, you know, teenage girls growing up feeling uncomfortable in themselves, insecure. And now on top of it, there's all this uh, gender theory stuff coming down on them. Do you have any words for them or, you know, any, any bit of advice for them? Question everything. Uh, not everything. Uh, <laughs> because I, I was reading just today, um, uh, a piece in Portuguese, um, there are some uh, facts that can be proved, okay, by empiric uh, experience, 
um, like, you know, start questioning why women have to be in a certain way or why men have to be. start questioning gender stereotypes, for God's sake, you know, gender stereotypes, okay, even, even trans, uh, trans activists are now saying a lot that, oh, there is a difference between sex and gender. We know, <laughs> we have known that for a long time now. Yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we know there's a difference between gender and, and sex. Biological sex is the sex we were born with. That doesn't mean that if you are born female, that you cannot do some things. You may not be able to run as fast as a man can run in the 100 meters race, okay? That's a fact too, okay? There are facts that are, that are immutable, okay? Everyone's gonna die. That's an immutable fact. I'm going to, to question that as well, you know? Um, but start questioning when someone tells you to not do something because you are a woman or not do something because you are a man. Because, you know, there are men who are in ballet. There are women who are bricklayers, you know. Um, the socialization of girls and boys. We have a joke in Brazil that says, okay, so what is a boy's toys and girl's toys, okay? So you ask them, do you have to use your genitals to play with it? <laughs> right. Like, if the answer is yes, it's not kids' toys. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right. It's very simple. Things that can be very simple and, and straightforward, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I would urge young women coming, um, coming of age becoming adults right now to question, okay, uh, female hatred, porn, objectification, okay? Don't accept that the, a woman's only value is her appearance, okay? Looks, face, and women's looks are worth nothing, okay? There is, um, um, a person on Twitter, I follow Nick, Nick something. She, she keeps saying that in the, the arts industry, okay, you see lots of gray haired men, all wrinkled, you know, saggy balls, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and no gray haired women. Where are the older right. women? We older women are a, a danger hmm. to patriarchy. Because as another friend told me the other day, women are born with like a, a limited number of fucks to give. So over time, you run out of it. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> what age do you think is the cutoff? Like, when do you when's the average no fucks given age? <laughs> For like, when do you run uh, out of fucks? For me, I, I came late to, to the end of my, my fucks because 
because I was born in Brazil, there was a situation in the United Kingdom. <clears throat> I went to um, a handle with a friend. Uh, she was Brazilian as well. And we were there with her British friends on her handle on a strip club. Mm. And um, at some point, we had our bags on the floor. And every time one of the women uh, would want to go to the toilet, another woman instantly would offer to go with her. So I said to her, uh, said to one of them, when I came back, you know, I was offered it as well. I didn't go to the toilet alone. Uh, when I came back, I said to, to them, we do that in Brazil as well. You know, we don't go to toilets actually alone. We go in groups. Mm -hmm. Why do we do that? You know, like laughingly. And we're like, it's to protect ourselves from men. And it's such an obvious answer. And I was in my 30s. And it didn't actually occur to me because I was genuinely raised believing. I was told that feminism was man-hating. Okay, you have men hating. Okay, feminism is um, like we have this word in Portuguese, machismo, machismo, right? Yeah. And uh, people were saying to, to us that feminism was the opposite of machismo, which is not. Mm. Um, I only started studying uh, the feminist theory, but I, like I'm an avid um, student, you know, I, I read a lot. And I read it fast. So, but I want, only started studying uh, feminist theory in 2015. Um, so that was like close to my 40s. I'm, I'm about to be 44. Um, so I think that like the average age for a woman, it can, it, it can come earlier, you know, if she has um, gone through a lot mm. earlier in life. But if she has had, had like a, a sheltered life, and when I mean sheltered, it's not only like a middle class kind of like, sheltered like the way my, my life was. I was sheltered, but not like protected, you know? I was just prevented from seeing the truth. Right, right, like sheltered from ideas. Yes, because there was only one narrative going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I became an for birding women in about 2012 to 2013 okay until then after my second child it was only then when I started studying deep about the issue that I came up with the narrative that is actually healthy and uh, even desirable to have a home birth because until then, the only narrative around was that birth was a medical emergency. Instead right. of a physiological process of the female body. Look how novelty this idea is. You are taught that your body is faulty for getting pregnant, for menstruating. You know, you have to fix your body around, oh, oh, a leak, a blood leak, oh, how horrifying, you know. Just very beginning of 2021, there was a man called Adam, I think he's a politician. Did you see that? He saw 
that the UK has uh, banned the temple tax, like the temple tax has finished in the UK. Okay. Okay, done. So there's no temple tax in the UK anymore. So I hope menstrual pads, temples are going to be cheaper. And then someone uh, said, yay, the temple tax is over. And they had like an image of, you know, a drawing of a temple. I'm drawing up a little temple, the white thing looks like a ghost with a, you know, a kite tail. I don't know. <laughs> this person says, oh, great initiative, but why the obscene image? Obscene? Yeah. With so much porn going on, on Twitter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like people wavering their dicks around and a clean temple, not even a dirty one, a clean temple is obscene. Yeah. I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> that is so bizarre. I, I did see that. And I just, that it's so bizarre because it's like anything that touches a woman is somehow dirty. Yeah, uh, that, that campaign from uh, that woman on Cebu, uh, she's constantly saying, you know, periods are not dirty, periods don't make us dirty. I was generally told that periods were dirty, mm. that makes us dust dirty, you know. And we are still going through that because of male bodies. But this is also, this is all, all part of like the ideology of misogyny. Misogyny is an, an ideology, you know, it's hatred of the women. Actually, it's not a hatred. They create, it's an artificial hatred, you know, because they desire us so much, you know. They desired to be us. They desired to be the ones making the heirs. Yeah. But they can't because women are the ones who gestate. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I really like what you said about questioning everything. I think that's so important. And um, it was really fun to talk to you, Andrea. Thank you so much. Thank you. And um, I think that's it. Um, we think, I think we have to, to tell young, to, uh, young people not to question everything, but uh, look deeper into each issue mm -hmm. that's come up your way. You know, um, it just don't take everything at face value, you know, like question ideas that women have to be in a certain way, men have to be in a certain way, why that is, are women oppressed, does the female anatomy exist, or the Helen, Helen Staniland question, have you heard of it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The question yes, that, um, yeah, go ahead, you tell it, you explain it. No, you tell them. <laughs> okay, let me do my best. So the Helen Staniland is a woman who um, is gender critical. She's online. She's, she's also, she does a podcast with Graham Linehan and uh, Artie Morty. And um, she has this question that she keeps asking people on Twitter where she says, where people are arguing with her about the trans issues. And she says, it always comes down to this do you believe yes or no you know it's a yes or no question do you believe that uh women have the right to say no to p 
people with penises in their changing areas. It's something like that. Maybe it's something about te in teenage yeah, girls changing areas. Yeah, especially uh, do women have the right to undress without being fleshed penis? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know. Right. And my question is, does the female anatomy exist? Mm. You know. Yeah. All comes all comes down to whether the female anatomy exists. If we exist, try to get deeper into the issue whether women are oppressed or not. Are women oppressed or not around the world? You know, and you know uh, we have to fight identity identity politics because the main thing of identity politics is that it makes everything about individuals. Yeah, it's like the fight against prostitution. Um, in the fight against prostitution, it goes a bit like this: there are women out there in comparison with the rest of the women in the industry, uh, that they say, I'm fine with it. I like what I do, okay? And I want protection. Right. And then people go like, okay, so there are this group of, of people, but the reality is that 90%, 95% of women in prostitution, they want an exit, okay? So are we going to cater only for the ones who are already protected because they are so protected that they like doing that. Yeah. Or right. are we going to fight against human trafficking? It can't be both. You know, we have to pick a fight. You have to um, go back to the fight for the collective. Mm. It's a collective effort. Okay. It cannot be individual wishes trampling the, the reality for the majority of people, of a group of people. Right, right. But that's it. Yeah, well, that's the perfect note to end on, really, because, you know, thank you for saying that about that it's not about identity politics and it's about it's about so much more than that. And that's that's so important because even when we talk about feminism, some feminists do get bogged down in that. So thank you so much. That was really enlightening. And I think this is obviously a conversation that will be continued on. And um, I'll be including the links here in the description where people can find your book and find you on Twitter. So thank you so much for joining me today, Andrea. Thank you.